Season 1, Episode 75, Pete's Podcast, Bible Story Evangelism, John chapter 21, the last chapter of the Gospel of John, verses 1 through 25. This, uh, the setting for this chapter is along the Sea of Galilee. Christ has risen from the dead. This is uh, the third time he's been seen by his apostles. He uh, sent word to them early after his crucifixion that he would meet them at Galilee uh, where they're from and uh, so they're out fishing and uh, they see him standing on the shore or sitting by a fire about, about a football field away uh, 200 cubits which I think is about 300 feet anyway far enough to where you really couldn't recognize somebody uh, from a distance. Anyway, that's where the story takes place. Uh, I just want to talk about the Sea of Galilee real quick. It's uh, 13 miles north-south. It's I would I would kind of liken it to a, a bunch of grapes, kind of narrow at the bottom, wider at the top. Um, 13 miles along the north-south axis, and 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 uh, half that across at at the top part, and more pointed towards the bottom. But at any rate. I, I spent a lot of time on on the ocean and uh, growing up uh, fishing in the Gulf Stream, etc. And it doesn't take well, 12 miles out; you can't see any land. So you might not be able to see the North Shore from the South Shore if it's 13 miles, but you would be able to see some shore anywhere on that lake because width. And again, you wouldn't see any at night, and you wouldn't see any. Uh, you might see lights of the city. I don't know. But uh, we're talking pretty low candle power. But you know, there was uh, there were lighthouses. One of the marvels of the ancient world was the lighthouse. So anyway, um, but I'll tell you, uh, whiteout conditions as far as the Sea of Galilee goes, and Jesus walking on water and storm, and you know, don't you care that we're going to drown? It's 41 feet, uh, 41 meters deep, approximately 150 feet deep at its deepest point, which is kind of like in the center. Of the, the the wide part in the north, but anyway, it. Uh, but I was in a, a whiteout one time. I'd I'd heard about whiteouts. Uh, I'd never been one in a plane. I mean, you can do that in a cloud, and and you better have instruments because to tell which way up and down is. Because when you lose the horizon. But I was in Biscayne Bay with my dad, bringing back a a 19 foot boat, and uh, it, we just got caught in a squall. That's what we called them, a squall. But the wind was going hard and and the waves weren't that deep because we're talking you know, maybe 15 feet at the most a lot of it's very shallow depending on the tide but anyway um, not in any real danger of capsizing or anything but but um, it just wasn't deep enough but but losing the horizon being in the middle of this uh, tempest of uh, like being in a blender I guess I don't know but uh, Anyway, it was uh, you lose the horizon and you just you just write it out is all you can do. You can't really steer the boat or anything. You don't know where you're going. You got a compass, so I mean you can keep a compass heading. But but uh, anyway, a whiteout is a tough spot. So I didn't want you to think that you're not a good sailor by sailing on the Sea of Galilee. But um, you, you could be in a life death situation pretty quick, especially with it being 150 feet deep. You could get some pretty big waves build up in that. Uh, talk to the people that boat on freshwater lakes. Largest freshwater lake being the Caspian Sea. 
and I didn't look up the square surface area of that in miles. But anyway, I'll leave that to you. All right, so we're going to take a look. So I described the Sea of Galilee a little bit, and now we're going to take a look at John, the last chapter of the Gospel of John, John chapter 21, uh, the verse that uh, in uh, chapter uh, 20, uh, it says, uh, but these are written that you might believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that believing you might have life through his name. So this is the post-crucifixion uh, ministry of Christ on earth. Uh, this is the third time he was seen. It says in the first chapter of Acts, the first couple of verses, many infallible proofs, the disciples saw him for 40 days. So he was in and out. And this, this John ends with, uh, and there are also many other things which Jesus did, which if they should be written, every one, I suppose that even the world itself could not contain all the books that should be written. So John is saying, I didn't write down everything I saw. Uh, the world could not hold that. But um, anyway, hopefully his goal of uh, these being written that you might uh, believe in the name of the Son of God. But these are written that you might believe that Jesus is the Son of God and that believing you might have life through his name. If you can elevate Jesus to uh, God our Savior, if, if that's a problem for you, then you really don't understand God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit, because they are one. There are three that bear record in heaven, written in John chapter, First John chapter five verse seven. There are three that were re record. There are three that bear record in heaven: the Father, the Word, and the Holy Ghost. And these three are one. All right. So here we go. Jesus is post, um, and he, he doesn't have any long speeches here, but what he has to say is very powerful. All right, after these things, Jesus showed himself again to the disciples at the Sea of Tiberias. Okay, there's a lot of names for this. Sea of Gennesaret, uh, uh, the Sea of Galilee. Uh, but I think it's interesting that John here uses the Roman name, Tiberius, and, uh, and he used the Roman time, the sixth hour being noon as it would be in our in our vernacular we start the day in the morning but uh, well no the sixth hour no the sixth hour for them was six in the morning i'm sorry for the romans that's like our time six in the morning is the sixth hour would be after midnight but the the jews kept it by uh jesus is crucified at the third hour that's nine o'clock in the morning and from the sixth hour to the ninth hour, there's darkness across the face of the earth, I think. Uh, I have to read that more carefully. But uh, I do have a harmony of the Gospels, which I have been working on for, for uh, a number of years. And uh, I'm convicted that I didn't get it done. But if you ever teach the Gospels, you might want to do it from the harmony of the Gospels, which puts it all together. But there's some finesse there deciding what, you know, how you, how you put that together. Um, but the stories about the crucifixion and stuff like that, they're pretty much universal. But they're not, they don't all say the same thing. After these things, Jesus showed himself again unto the disciples at the Sea of Tiberias. And on this wise showed he himself. So John is saying, I'm going to tell you how he showed himself to the disciples. Verse 2. There were together Simon Peter... Andrew's not here, but it says two other disciples, so Andrew might be one of those two other two, but I'm surprised 
Andrew's not mentioned. But anyway, Simon Peter, Thomas called Didymus, who's a believer now, uh, Nathaniel of Cana in Galilee, where the first miracle was done, and uh, there's a, a man in which there is no guile. Uh, Philip brought Nathaniel. He might be the third, uh, the, the other one, the other disciple that's not named by name. There are seven disciples here. Simon Peter, Thomas called Didymus, Nathaniel of Cana, the two sons of Zebedee, James and John, John being the writer, the disciple whom Jesus loved, and two other disciples. So, uh, you know, I guess God wants to make it interesting for us and we can speculate on who those other two were. I just speculated Philip and Andrew, but I could be. I, I don't think it was the tax collector, Matthew. I don't think he would know his way around the boat too well. But anyway, uh, Simon Peter saith unto them, I go a fishing. Um, he's at a crossroads right here. Um, I, I see a change, the conversion of Paul to super disciple occurs after Jesus. Uh, he watches with the other disciples as Jesus goes up into heaven in the first chapters of Acts. And to, an angel says, as you see him going up, you'll see him coming back. So, uh, Anyway, um, I don't know if he meant those guys, but uh, but I think when Jesus comes back, there will be no mistake. So if you're listening to this in the tribulation, waiting for the Lord to return, you know, don't worry. When he comes, you'll know it. Um, there won't be any speculation about that. All right. Um, so I listed the seven disciples, and I didn't go over the outline, uh, but the first outline point on my uh, e-sword... Uh, e hyphen capital S W O R D E sword um, uh, HD app for my iPad. I think you. I think it's also free for a computer, and it costs a dollar ninety nine for the, the phone. But I really like these apps. They give you a lot of different things, and it's kind of fun to teach with these, where you can highlight words. At least it is for me. I highlight all the pronouns, all the nouns, all the places. I always hype, highlight, try to highlight the, the uh, definite article, the, because there is no indefinite article, a, uh, or an, in the Greek or in the Hebrew, but there is the definite article in the Greek, and I'm not sure if it's in the Hebrew or not, but anyway. Um, so, okay, so we've got, uh, as far as the outline goes, we've got Jesus appearing to the seven disciples, we've got Jesus and Peter talking, we got Jesus and the beloved apostle, which is John, the writer of this, of these things, um, and that's that's the outline. All right, so it's Jesus on the Sea of Galilee with seven disciples. We'll leave it at that. All right. <coughs> Pardon me. <coughs> got a chronic cough a little bit. I'm working on it. Uh, okay, Simon Peter saith unto the other six disciples, I'm going fishing. I think these were all prior fishermen. And to me, it's kind of like, hey, I mean, you, you did this three years ago, and Jesus said, follow me, and I'll make you fishers of men. And you followed him with your brother Andrew. You left your father and uh, on the seashore of maybe not far from where you are right now. But um, 
But anyway, I go fishing. And being the leader that he was, probably the oldest of the apostles, maybe the only one over 21 that had to pay the temple tax, but that's another speculation that Bible scholars like to make, which I find interesting. They say, uh, they being the other disciples, say unto Peter, we also go with you. Yeah, let's, how about we make some money? How about if we get to work? How about if we eat some fish? How about if we, you know, Jesus is gone. We haven't seen him in a while. He told us to go to Galilee and he appeared to us, but we haven't seen him in a while. And he was seen over, over 40 days. I really don't know how far we are into this day. He had to lead captivity captive. I don't know how long that took when he came back. Anyway, um, it does sound like he showed himself that first day, but... Uh, before he'd risen. But anyway, uh, we know he hadn't written when he saw Mary Magdalene. We also we also go with you. So these guys were just following their leader, Peter. And I, I think he might have been leading them the wrong way. But on the other hand, he doesn't have the Holy Spirit. We have the Holy Spirit when we believe. Uh, know you not that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit. We've got that help going on. He doesn't have that, I don't think, until Pentecost. And he's never the same after that. And the fact that he's going to be crucified bothers him, because Jesus tells him at the end of this, at the end of this uh, chapter, he's going to be crucified, and uh, that kind of bothers him. It doesn't in Second Peter doesn't bother him at all. He says, "I, you know, I, my time is up," and um, it, it's a joyful account. Same as uh, as Paul in Second uh, Timothy. Anyway, <clears throat> I fought the good fight. I've kept the faith. Paul was beheaded in Rome um, as a prisoner, whatever. All right, so we go with you, Peter. I just think he was not, it was not a good locker room situation there. He should have been more of a whatever. I'm, I hate to find fault with Peter. I really do because he is a stallion. He only messes up at Antioch, you know, as far as making a wrong choice. But Peter called, Paul calls him out on that and uh and, and he writes nothing but, but good things about Paul and his epistles. Uh, but when the morning was now come, so they'd fished all night. And that night they had caught nothing. They went forth and entered into a fish a, a, a ship immediately. And that night they caught nothing. So I think if you're a, a believer in Jesus Christ, um, possibly you might want to fish for men. Um that seems to be my lot in life at this point. And I'm good. I'm good with that. Um, I, uh, I'll just leave it at that. I'm very good with uh, what I'm doing. And trying to push one of these out every day is a little bit monumental. I'm not looking forward to Matthew. I think there's a chapter in Matthew that's got 71 verses in it. And reading all those names and the genealogy. But I might just ask you to listen to that on on your iPhone or something. But um, if you're listening to this, you obviously got some technology. So you listen to a podcast. So you, I want you make you suffer through me trying to pronounce all those names. Okay. But when the morning was come, Jesus stood, okay, night and they had caught nothing. But when morning, but when morning was now come, Jesus stood on the shore, but the disciples knew not that it was Jesus. He might have been sitting next to a fire with fish cooking, whatever. He's a hundred yards away, a hundred meters away, however you want to measure it, approximately. Whatever a cubit is, because a cubit is from your fingertip to your elbow, but some people have bigger cubits than other people. You know, it's uh, 
in sports they call it the uh, the reach or what are they? I don't know what they call the arm spread. Whatever in boxing they call it the reach. You spread your arms out and it can be you know six feet, whatever. Uh, it can be more for taller people, whatever. Or some short people have long arms. Anyway, um, okay, verse four. But when the morning was now come, Jesus stood on the shore. But the disciples knew not that it was Jesus. Jesus saith unto them, 100 yards away, he can yell across the water. Travel, sound travels real good across water. Uh, children, have you any meat? And they answered him, no. And he said unto them, cast the net on the right side of the ship and you shall find. They cast therefore now the they cast, therefore, and now they were not able to draw the net for the multitude of fishes. Therefore, the disciples, therefore, therefore the disciple whom Jesus loved saith unto Peter, It is the Lord. I, I, I kind of picture him whispering it, It is the Lord. But he might have said, It is the Lord. And everybody on the ship heard him. It sounds like everybody on the ship heard him. Now, when Simon Peter heard, <coughs> excuse me, heard that it was the Lord, he girt his fisher's coat, because he took it off to fish, unto him, for he was naked. Now, I looked up the word naked, and it, it's up to the translator to determine whether that is figurative or literal, uh, partial, uh, could be, he might have been uh, wearing his undergarments, whatever. Uh, you can take that, I guess, however you choose to take it, but I'm going to, to say that it's, it's a, a matter of trans, uh, translation there. And did cast himself into the sea. So he was uh, a good swimmer. And I don't, I don't know, I think it's a very gradual down to 140 feet as I looked at the topography of the bottom of the Sea of Galilee, because you can do that pretty easy. It looked like a pretty slow grade. So he might have been able to walk out there. But anyway, I, I don't know. Uh, I'd have to look more closely at the topography of the Sea of Galilee, the underwater topography, the topography in reverse. Anyway, but it looked very uniform when I saw it online when I was looking at this. And the other disciples came in a little ship. So I guess the little boat they had, unless they have more than one, I don't know. For, there were, for they were not far from land, about 100 yards, I think. Uh, 200 cubits, which I think a cubit is about 18 inches, but at least mine is. But as it were, 200 cubits. Okay, well, there you go. Dragging the net of fishes. So they, they weren't giving up the fishes yet, and I don't know if they ever did. Well, I, you know, they did two, three years earlier, they gave up the fish, left them with uh, uh, Peter's father. And follow Jesus, but uh, I think they're pretty much going. I don't know what they're going to do with these. Maybe go feed the town or whatever. Uh, as soon as they were come to land, they saw a fire of coals and fish laid on there. So I think Jesus had fish before they brought theirs and bread. And Jesus saith unto them, Bring the fish which you bring of the fish which you have now caught. So we're going to cook some fish, some more fish. Simon Peter went up and drew 
the net to land full of great fishes. These are big fish. 153. And for all there were so many, yet was not the net broken. Jesus saith unto them, Come and dine. And none of the disciples dared ask him, Who art thou? Knowing that it was the Lord. I think they probably heard John on the boat. But anyway, uh, Jesus then cometh and taketh bread and giveth them and fish likewise. So this wasn't really a reenactment of the Lord's Supper. This was just feeding fish and, and uh, bread. Kind of feeding the 5,000. But now he's got a ton of fish to do it with. Uh, this, this is now the third time that Jesus showed himself to his disciples. After that, he was risen from the dead. Again, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John are synoptic. They're a little easier to follow the timeline. Um, Peter's checking out here while they're up in Galilee. Um, I mean, uh, John is, is ending his gospel with this story. And it's just poetic. And to be honest, the reason I, I picked John is because I, I was always the fourth gospel I was going to teach. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. And I didn't get to teach the Gospels until the end of my teaching career. And uh, in those years that I was trying to get through them, uh, I never I never got to go through John. I would get it started, but I wouldn't finish it. So I, that's why I moved it up. And also because it's just you know, a great, it's a Gospel written that you might believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God. And believing that, you might have life through His name. Anyway, no apologies for starting with the Gospel of John. Okay, now, um, Simon and Peter. I mean, sorry, Jesus and Peter. Now when they had dined, Jesus saith unto Simon Peter, Simon, son of Jonas, lovest thou me more than these, more than these fish, I think. You know, you went fishing. I, I thought you were going to fish for men. Anyway, he's working on them. And trust me, read the book of Acts. G G Peter is an amazing uh, evangelist. And he saith unto him, Yea, Lord, thou knowest that I love thee. He saith unto him, Feed my lambs. Jesus saith unto him again, the second time, Simon, son of Jonas, lovest thou me? Peter saith unto him, Yea, Lord, thou knowest that I love thee. Jesus saith unto Peter, Feed my sheep. Jesus says unto him the third time, Simon, son of Jonas, lovest thou me? Peter was grieved because Jesus said unto him the third time, Lovest thou me? And Peter said unto him, Lord, Thou knowest all things. Thou knowest that I love thee. Jesus saith unto him, Feed my sheep. And this is the longest uh, statement that Jesus makes in this chapter. He might have said many things that weren't written because that's what John, in, that's the last line of John's gospel. Maybe they, he just included the parts that he wanted to. Jesus says to Peter, Verily, verily, I, and I think everybody's within earshot. Verily, verily, I say unto you, 
When thou was young, thou girdst thyself and walked whither thou wouldst, whether, wherever you wanted to, but when thou shalt be old, and he's could be, in it, I think most Bible scholars would say he's in his 20s, thou shalt stretch forth thy hand, and he, I think he lives for another 30 years, and so that would be being martyred at the age of 50-something. Thou shalt stretch forth thy hands. So, listeners, stretch forth your hands to your left and right. It kind of hurts me because of my motorcycle accident. But like you're being, when I would teach this, I would raise my arms out whenever I talked about the crucifixion and hold them out to my side. I don't even like to hold them there very long. But don't ride a motorcycle in the dark. But anyway, thou shalt stretch forth thy hands and another shall gird thee and carry thou carry thee where thou would not go, where you don't want to go, where thou wouldst not. This spake Jesus signifying by what death Peter should glorify God. He's telling him how he's going to die by crucifixion. And you go, well, how can you take, how can you get that from, you know, they're going to stretch your arms out. Verily, verily, I say unto you, when I was young, you walked where you wanted to, but when you're old, they will stretch forth your hands. If Jesus put his hands out like I just did, and he's got two holes in them, that might have been a little clue there. Hands, and another shall gird thee, or, or bind thee, and take you where you would not go. This spake he, and, and, and just, I probably shouldn't go there, but I'm going to. Um, it's 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 not biblical. It's not written in the Bible. It's extra biblical. But when when it came time for Jesus, Peter to be crucified, he said, "I don't deserve to be crucified in the same manner as my Lord." So they crucified him upside down. I'm just throwing that out there. Um, anyway, verse 19. This spake Jesus, signifying by what death Peter should glorify God, and Peter did a pretty good job of glorifying God. The 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 apostles are going to be, uh, their names are carved in the foundation of the New Jerusalem. Like the, the, the 12 uh, sons of Israel uh, will be on thrones. In the, in, in, in the 12 apostles have, are also honored in heaven by their names. So, the, you know, it's, uh, God's the same yesterday, today, and forever. Jesus Christ... Hebrews 13.8 Jesus Christ the same yesterday today and forever Hebrews 13.8 that's an easy one to memorize okay one more time this spake Jesus signifying by what death Peter should glorify God and when he had spoken this he saith unto him follow me then Peter, turning about, and John is right there, as you'll know by reading this or hearing it. You're welcome to read it. But then Peter, turning about, seeth the disciple whom Jesus loved, which is John. Peter, turning about, you know, he's got this bad news that he's going to be crucified. Following the disciple whom Jesus loved, following, I guess they were walking. I don't know, Peter was walking, whatever. John was following Peter and Jesus. I'm not sure. I kind of had him pictured eating around the campfire, but following 
which also leaned on Jesus' breast at supper and said, Lord, which is he that betrayeth thee? So if you remember that, Peter whispered to John, hey, ask him who's going to betray him. And he said, the one that I dip in the, the bowl with right now, it was, it was Judas. But they still, you know, didn't understand. They thought when he, and what Jesus said to, to uh, Judas Iscariot was, uh, what thou do, do quickly. And so he left and worked on getting him captured that night. All right, so... Um, So, again, verse 20. Then Peter, turning about, seeth the disciple whom Jesus loved, following, which also leaned on his breast at supper, and said, Lord, which is he that betrayeth thee? Peter, seeing him, saith to Jesus, so Jesus is right there, and John is right there, and Peter's right there. Lord, what shall this man do? Now, I think we've always, all of us, Maybe in our youth and maybe, you know, at other times we've asked, you know, what about, what about this person? I, I picture myself saying that to my father or my mother. Well, so-and-so can do this or so-and-so can do that or whatever. What about this person? What about that person? Jesus saith unto Peter. So Peter, seeing him, saith to Jesus, Lord, what shall this man do? What's, how's this guy going to die? And it's, I don't know if it's ironic, but it, it's... It's, uh, I think it's true that he was the only disciple that was not martyred. And why were they all martyred? I think one of the things was it lends credence to the, to the veracity of what they had to say. They were willing to die for what they, they were not following cunningly devised fables, but were eyewitnesses of his majesty. Jesus saith unto him, If I will that John tarry till I come, what is that to you? I can hear my mother saying that. You know, hey, Kate can stay up late. What is that to you? She's in high school and you're in fourth grade. Follow thou me. That was the very last thing Jesus said up there about uh, feed my sheep, feed my sheep, feed my sheep, follow me. Follow thou me. And if, you know, follow me and I'll make you fishers of men. That's, that's what I'm all about. I don't know what you're about. But I'm not about the Lord's return. I'm not about the tribulation. I'm not about, you know, even so come Lord Jesus. That's a prayer for the tribulation saints, which there's none at the beginning of the tribulation because the church is raptured out. All the believers are gone. But people come to Christ like crazy. Some of you that are listening to this might become instant believers if all the believers were gone. That's going to be a worldwide evangelistic event. And the nation of Israel is really going to latch on to that. So if you want to avoid the tribulation, trust Christ. But hey, Paul, Peter didn't want to avoid anything, or at least later in life he didn't. Jesus saith unto Peter, If I will that John tarry till I come, what is that to thee? Follow thou me. Then went this saying abroad among the brethren, that that disciple, John, should not die. He's not going to die until the Lord comes back. Jesus said not unto him. John's writing this, I think, at the end of his life. John, again, that's up for debate, but 
the last thing I read was that he wrote this much later than the other Gospels. I think 80, 90, or thereabouts. The other, one of them, uh, Matthew or Mark was written AD 35 or something. That's, that's very close to the crucifixion. Anyway maybe, anyway, maybe that was Luke. I can't remember. And then went to saying abroad among the brethren, the believers, when, when this was repeated, that, the, that that disciple John, who's writing this, should not die, yet Jesus said not unto Peter that John shall not die, but that if I will that John tarry till I come, till I return, come again, what is that to you? Very parental thing to say. But uh, this is the disciple which testifieth these things. He's basically saying, I'm John. And wrote these things which we know that, th that his testimony is true. He, he likes to talk in a third part person. He, uh, anyway, I, I'm looking forward to meeting John. I, I really like his gospel, but I like them all. I, there's not a part of the Bible. It's not, if there's a part of the Bible that I don't like, it's the problems with me. Last verse. John writes, last verse of his gospel. I would picture this being one of the first things he wrote, but he would write this, 1st, 2nd, 3rd John epistles, and then the last thing I would assume he would write would be uh, Revelation. But I think they were all written at the end of his life. I think most of these guys did their writing at the end of their lives. And there are also many other things which Jesus did, which if they should be written, every one, I suppose that even the world itself could not contain the books that should be written. Amen. So, I will end by saying uh, Happy Easter, which is coming up this Sunday, 2021. And I'm just stalling here while I try to figure out how to turn this thing off. i got to put in a code and everything. Okay, 34 minutes. Not too bad. Um... So I'm going to say adios to God, and I'm going to say vaya con Dios, go with God. And I'm going to go with God tonight to, to put candy out for, put candy inside of Easter egg, what plastic Easter egg hunt, sorry, that's something, I guess it's heathen, I don't know. But anyway, for, for our, I just want a fellowship with my church, and so I'm going to buy a bag of candy and uh, go to church tonight and help them, just because I want the fellowship. I, uh. I like. I usually go to a Wednesday night prayer meeting, but tonight it's not going to be. But there's going to be some people there that are filling Easter eggs, and if that offends you, then I'm sorry. But I, I really don't care if it offends you. Kids eating candy doesn't offend me. All right, and and they hear the, the truth. Uh, I hope. And. Uh, but I, I know I know the, the youth minister there, and, and I taught him, and I know his father, and his father still teaches me, so I'm, I'm, I know they, they hear the truth. All right, so, adios, and vaya con Dios.